This is the review of the Capricorn trial, the effect of carvedilol on outcome after myocardial infarction in patients with left ventricular dysfunction. The trial was published in The Lancet in 2001. Background. While beta blockers were frequently used in patients with acute myocardial infarction complicated by heart failure, at the time the Capricorn trial was undertaken, supportive evidence from contemporary large-scale randomized trials was lacking. The BHAT and ISIS-1 trials, reviewed in this section, were published in 1982 and 1986, respectively, before contemporary therapies like thrombolysis, revascularization, and ACE inhibitors had been established. These early trials also excluded patients with overt heart failure or those who had concerning signals such as soft hemodynamics. The Capricorn trial sought to test the hypothesis that early initiation of carvedilol in patients with acute MI complicated by heart failure and LV dysfunction would reduce morbidity and mortality compared to placebo. Patients. Eligible patients were 18 years or older with a stable definite myocardial infarction occurring 3 to 21 days prior to randomization with either a left ventricular ejection fraction of less than 40% or a wall motion index score of less than 1.3 and who were receiving an ACE inhibitor for at least 48 hours and were on a stable dose for at least 24 hours. Patients could have received IV diuretics during the acute phase but were excluded if they continued to require IV diuretics or inotropes or had uncontrolled heart failure. Other reasons for exclusion included unstable angina, systolic blood pressure less than 90 millimeters of mercury, heart rate less than 60 beats per minute, or unstable insulin-dependent diabetes. Patients with any other indication to receive beta blockers were also excluded, as were individuals on inhaled beta-2 agonist or steroids. Baseline characteristics. The average age of patients was 63 years and over 70% of enrolled patients were men. Approximately one-third of patients had had a prior MI, more than 20% had diabetes, and 50% had hypertension. The average ejection fraction was 32% and over half of patients had anterior MI. Patients were hemodynamically stable with an average blood pressure slightly above 120 over 70 and a heart rate of 77. Nearly 50% of patients underwent thrombolysis or angioplasty for the primary MI. And at the time of randomization, 98% of patients were on ACE inhibitor and 86% were on aspirin. Trial procedures. Patients received either carvedilol or an identical placebo. Study medication was titrated up to the highest tolerated dose for each patient to a maximum of 25 milligrams twice daily. The initial dose was 6.25 milligrams twice daily. If not tolerated, it was readministered or reduced by half. If that dose was not tolerated, the patients received no study medication but were followed up anyway. After successful initial dosing, the patient returned as an outpatient every 3 to 10 days for assessment of tolerability and further up titration. In the absence of adverse events or clinical heart failure, and if the heart rate was greater than 50 and the systolic blood pressure greater than 80, the dose was increased to the next level. The patient remained in the outpatient department for two hours to ensure that no side effect ensued. 
During the maintenance period, patients were reviewed every three months during the first year and every four months thereafter. Investigators were encouraged to review the dose of study medication at every visit and to ensure that doses of other drugs, especially ACE inhibitors, were adjusted accordingly to achieve optimal dose levels. Endpoints. The original primary endpoint was all-cause mortality, and the trial was intended to run until a total of 633 primary endpoint events occurred. However, during a mass analysis, the Data and Safety Monitoring Committee noted that overall mortality was lower than predicted and that the study could not be completed with the original sample size and power as planned. The Steering Committee, therefore, designated co-primary endpoints. The first co-primary endpoint was a new composite primary endpoint of all-cause mortality or cardiovascular hospital admission, and the second co-primary endpoint was all-cause mortality. The trial was still intended to run until 633 primary endpoint events occurred with the original sample size. The alpha, or false positive, was divided between the two primary endpoints so that the composite endpoint of all-cause mortality and cardiovascular hospitalization was tested at a p-value of 0.045, and all-cause mortality, which was the other co-primary endpoint, was tested at a p-value of 0.005. Secondary endpoints included sudden death, hospitalization for heart failure, recurrent non-fatal MI, and all-cause mortality, or non-fatal MI. Results. 1,959 patients were included in the final analysis, 984 in the placebo group, and 975 in the carvedilol group. The mean follow-up was 1.3 years. Compared to placebo, carvedilol did not, did not significantly reduce the composite primary endpoint of all-cause death or cardiovascular hospitalization. The hazard ratio, 0.92 the conference intervals 0.80 to 1.07, the absolute numbers of events 35% versus 37%. The results of all-cause death alone, hazard ratio 0.77, conference intervals 0.6 to 0.98, the absolute numbers of events 12% versus 15% respectively, the authors present the all-cause mortality co-primary endpoint result as positive. However, it is not. In Table 1, the P for all-cause mortality is listed as 0.031, which is far greater than 0.005. Thus, there is a good chance that the mortality result represents a false positive finding. For the secondary endpoints, there were reductions in non-fatal MI and the combined endpoint of all-cause death or non-fatal MI for patients in the carvedilol group, but these results are based on a relatively small numbers of events. Of the 940 patients who entered the maintenance phase in the carvedilol group, 74% reached the maximum dose of 25 mg BID, while 11 and 7% reached 12.5 mg BID and 6.25 mg BID, respectively. There is no subgroup data or safety data presented in the main paper. Conclusion In patients with acute MI complicated by heart failure and significant LV dysfunction, 
Carvedilol did not significantly reduce all-cause death or cardiovascular hospitalizations compared to placebo. Capricorn is often presented and discussed as a positive trial, but it is not. The appropriately powered endpoint in this case was the composite primary endpoint, which was clearly not significant. The difference in all-cause mortality is based on a small number of events with a post hoc power of 19.3% at the pre-specified alpha of 0.005. The reported p-value for all-cause mortality was 0.031, which was much higher than the pre-specified p-value of less than or equal to 0.005 to declare a positive result. Due to the underpowered nature of all-cause death, the investigators chose to make the alpha as low as it was to avoid making false positive claims, but then they did so anyways. While power is generally taught to infer a trial's strength to avoid false negative results, low power also increases a trial's susceptibility to false positive results. We have discussed this with small trials involving magnesium and nitrates, which were highlighted by the meta-analyses presented in the ISIS-4 publication. In conclusion, Capricorn was a negative trial. Its primary results were negative, and differences in secondary endpoints, including the reduction in death, should be viewed as hypothesis-generating only. It does not clearly establish a beneficial role for beta-blockers in post-MI patients with significant LV dysfunction and heart failure.